Hello, gang. Welcome to episode <laughs> seven of Platonically Intimate. Isaac and I are slowly sliding into the pit of insanity. I think having... so. The valley of despair. <laughs> the valley of despair, indeed. Um, <laughs> we're in the home stretch. Um, feels good to be back in the studio in general, making episodes. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's but, that we can't do this year-round. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I would prefer it if we could do it year-round, just in general, to do it more. And mm-hmm. also then we could do it, not just a bunch in one day. Yeah. Hey, you want to come over today and mm-hmm. record an episode? Yeah. Sure. But with that being said, Isaac, what do you want to talk about for this episode? I would like to talk about something called nominative determinism. Also no. sometimes called nominal determination. That's what I know. Oh, I... I vaguely heard of that. I don't remember what it is, though. Okay. So nominal determination, or nominative determinism, is a a hypothesis that states that people with names that describe an occupation gravitate towards those occupations. Okay. Hmm. For an example, the lawyer, Sue Yu. I'll get to some more examples <laughs> later on. <laughs> but there is a, a lawyer who has passed the bar in the United States. I don't know which state. Okay. Um, but oh, her name is Kansas. Sue Yu. <laughs> I have, no, I have no, no basis for that. So this was actually first proposed by the psychologist Carl Jung. Okay. Um, but it was, it was first called this in the magazine New Scientist in 1994. I'm surprised Carl Jung isn't, uh, doesn't deal with youth. Yeah, he should have. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I'm going to talk about the history of names for a moment. Okay. In general, there were four reasons that someone would get a last name. Now, you have to remember, when there was like 200 people, you didn't. you were just called name. like Michael. Yeah. If there were two Michaels, you, it, easy enough to determine which Michael you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. And so people didn't have last names for a long time. Mm-hmm. And in England, they started creating a last name system that eventually because of like colonization mm-hmm. became fairly standard throughout the Western world. It's, it's very different in the Eastern. Yeah. Um, not very different. It's just, it's different. Yeah. So, um, the four main reasons to get a last name, your occupation, such as Taylor or Smith, Baker, classic or Cooper. Nice. Someone who makes barrels. One of my favorites. A lot of people don't know that that is a, Occupation. Just call them barreler <laughs> or barrel. <laughs> um, another one is patronym. If you've heard of someone called Anderson, they have a oh. relative or an ancestor named Ander or Anders. Yep. Uh, Williamson, someone named William in their lineage. Um, another one is location. If you are Michael from Avon, they call you Michael, Michael Avon. Avon. And then the final one is a trait. The if you've name. done something notable, or if you look notable in some way, then you can get a name that just says that, such as Long. David Long. Yeah. Or, as you were about to say, you can say it. Long Walker. Is Joe's last name in German. Yep. So if you can figure that out, you can find us now. Oh, no. We're doomed. No. <laughs> but anyway, um, Joe has a trait Joe last Dakota. name. I have a patronym last name. Yep. I'm not telling you who my ancestor is, but good. Yep. <laughs> now they won't find us. We're 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 safe. <laughs> yep. Um. So names often passed down with your trade. 
See, if your dad was named William, you were Michael Williams. Yep. And then, or Ma- Williamson. Williamson. But then yeah. your kids would be David Michelson. Right. They wouldn't have the same last name as you. But if you were a, a tradesman and Smith. your last name was Taylor, it'd be very, very likely that your son would be a tailor. Or if you're a carpenter, your son becomes a carpenter, you're the carpenter family. Exactly. Huh. So many people have studied the effects, the possible effects of nominal determination. Okay. If it even exists. And in the study published by Lim, 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 and Lim. Oh, wow. They, they studied people who worked in the medical field. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if these are like a family of researchers or what. I hope they're not related. I hope so, they, too. They could be. It's very possible. It is. Um, but they did a study of people working in the medical field um, and took keywords such as doctor, um, limb, actually, is just kind of oh, coincidental. Limb. Yeah. Because um, they took names that were in specialized fields. Okay. Um, so limb was like with uh, someone who works with um, like therapy. Yeah. Um, to try and regain movement back. Man, I should have written down more examples. Um, but Dr. Lim, I don't know. That's all I got uh, yeah. for right now. And they came out with a study in 2015 that actually seemed to prove that nominal determination can exist. Ooh. Now, this is very difficult to prove. It but, is. Um, a lot of studies have been challenged. But this is the first one that no one has really taken issue with. Okay. 2015. Yeah, I suppose because a lot of people have written stuff that are just like, yep. okay, you're just, it's just bias. There it's was, just all bias. <laughs> there was one study where they like took the amount of people named Dennis in America and the amount of people named Walter. Okay. And then compared that to the amount of people named Dennis who were dentists oh. and the amount of people named Walter who were dentists. Dennis and Walter, it was like 0.0416% of people were named Dennis and like 0.0417 were named Walter. Okay. But in the dentistry field, there were way more Dennises. But then someone was like, okay, Dennis is similar in popularity, but most people named Walter are retired now. Oh, And yeah. so they, that study was thrown out yeah. afterward. And so people have been like refining it. a lot it. of little reasons like that. that it exactly. Could just be like, well, people don't name their kids agatha anymore exactly and so over time they've refined it in 2015 they finally got one that people didn't really have any issues with okay and it did prove nominal determination wow um there are a few causes potential causes the first one is self-image right if you grow up and your name is doctor sue me (laughs) then you might be like i want to become a doctor yeah. Obviously, it's more complex than that. It's also more serious than the way yes. I just said, oh, that'd be funny. And People a lot are... of times it can be a lot more subliminal. Yes. I would you don't, you're not actively thinking that. Yeah. Again, this is hard to prove. Yes. The next one is social stimulus. There was a man by the name of James Council. He yeah. had a father, a sibling, and two distant relatives that were all lawyers, and he became a lawyer. Nice. And he is confident that because of the influence of those people who all had the last name of counsel, that he should become a lawyer. Right. So he believes in nominal determination for himself. Right. Huh. And then the final one is genetics. So if you were someone who was a blacksmith, you got the last name Smith, okay? Yeah. All day you're lifting metal, you're standing over a hot fire, you're pounding metal with a hammer, you're jacked out of your mind, okay? (laughs) Yeah. And then you do that for 17 generations. 
you're going to have some adaptations. You have some differences in your body than the average person. And those differences have actually been proven to exist specifically with the last name Smith. People with Smith tend to have beefier builds and are stronger on average. Very interesting. Cool. So, we've got a few different potential causes for nominal determination. In 2015, it was potentially proven, but I would like to end just by sharing a few comical examples of nominal determination, whether or not it exists. Yeah, fantastic. We have McCracken Chiropractic Office. (laughs) We have the neuroscientist who wrote a textbook. His name is Lord Brain. We have a slew of people named Dr. Doctor. We already mentioned lawyer Sue Yu. There is a race car driver by the name of Scott Speed. Nice. An eye specialist named Ashley Seawright. That one is funny. It's S-E-A, like the ocean. And then Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. So, like, on paper, it's not even anything. But when you say it. Yeah, Seawright. Eye specialist, Ashley Seawright. We have a pair of tree climbing champions. I don't know, Whoa. <laughs> I don't know what this was. How do was, I get into that? I found it online. It was just a screenshot of like a TV. Okay. Okay. And it was the men's and women's division. Okay. These people are unrelated. Their names were Scott Forrest and Josephine Hedger. Nice. And then my favorite authors of the book, The Imperial Animal, Lionel Tiger and Robin Fox. No way. <laughs> Okay, but Scott Forrest sounds really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a cool guy. Yeah. That's that's very interesting to... Oh, I'm saying it again. Interesting. <laughs> Spreading. We're doomed. We're doomed. <laughs> this is the problem with recording so many episodes in a single day is we start to notice patterns more often. Yep. We probably aren't saying interesting more frequently than, than usual. season one, yeah. but now we're noticing it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's really cool to think about. And with that, I think I'm ready to head over to my favorite part of the podcast, Fun Facts with Joe. Fun fact. The world's largest sandwich was over 5,000 pounds. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's at the point where like I almost made that like a main subject because I started reading about it and I was mm-hmm. just like, it was over 3,300 pounds of bread. Because that's going to be the heaviest. The cheapest and heaviest ingredient. Yeah. That's hilarious. It's it's gigantic. I used to have a kid's book about someone just made a giant sandwich. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like just an illustrated book for kids. But they like brought in the last slice of bread on a helicopter. It's like suspended from the air. Um, Art imitate or life imitates imitates art. art. (laughs) All right. With that. I think we can talk about our main subject of the day. Okay. It is a word that literally a lot of people might misuse. Interesting. But I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's find out more about the word literally, shall we? I think we should. Let's dive in. (laughs) All right. The word literally on page 680 of the book you know and love has two definitions. Definition one, in a literal sense or manner. Synonym, actually. Definition two is in effect or a synonym of virtually. 
Hmm. Now there is a little, little tiny couple of sentences about the usage of this word in this dictionary, which doesn't happen very often, but they wanted to, they wanted to talk about it apparently. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The dictionary is talking to us and it says <laughs> usage. We are losing it. The dictionary is <laughs> speaking. Since some people take definition one to be the opposite of definition two, it has been frequently criticized as a misuse. Instead, the use is pure hyperbole intended to gain emphasis but it often appears in contexts where no additional emphasis is necessary. Ooh. Our dictionary is getting opinionated. Yeah, it is. I thought this was supposed to be like completely objective. <laughs> yeah. This is where, this is where you find out uh, Merriam-Webster is still written by people. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to remove all bias from people, <laughs> but I, I like their bias in this instance <laughs> mm-hmm. because, uh, I'm not entirely sure how you feel about it, Isaac, but I feel the same way as the dictionary about the word literally. I think it can be often used where there's no extra emphasis required. Mm -hmm. On top of that, I kind of wish definition two just didn't really exist. I agree. I think we should, like, like a lot of things we talk about, we tend to like the original meaning of the word. Mm-hmm. Before it gets all muddied with yep. the way we actually use it. Because the original way to use it, definition one, is something that happened in actuality. Mm-hmm. It very specifically and perfectly as described happened. Yeah. It's not. So for an example of the second definition, the one that I think it's used too much mm-hmm. is like, oh my gosh. I haven't eaten since like 2 a.m. yesterday. <laughs> I'm literally starving to death. While that is a long time to go without food, potentially, I don't think they're starving to death. No. I mean, if they continued that, they would starve to death. But in that moment, they are not starving to yeah. death. They technically would be in the state of starving, I believe. Because their body would be burning fat by then. Yeah, starving is a state at which your body just changes modes, basically, into survival. Yeah, but you're not even close to dying. No. (laughs) Instead, I I like, I think we both like to use the word literally in the literal sense, Mm -hmm. um, which entomologically speaking, I believe is how you'd say that, how you'd conjugate that. Um, Literal means... Like, as the word, the mm-hmm. root lit litter, I think, means word. Okay. Like, literary means a oh. book. God. Wow. Got Did it. you just have a... Uh, I just had a predicament. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Literary arts. Mm-hmm. It comes from the same Things line. to do with words. Yeah. <laughs> as literal, which is why literal means, like, this is what is being said and it's what is actually happening. The Mm -hmm. words mean exactly what they mean. There's no extra emphasis. There's no hyperbole. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when the hyperbole is used by using the word literally, it might be too much. Mm -hmm. You might not need to emphasize everything with the word literally. (laughs) I don't think so. I think it's more of like a nineties thing. I think it happened more. And sort of like I think I that's know. where it started off. Where I wasn't you, I wasn't really around. I was a '90s kid. I mean, I was born in 1999. Yeah. So same, we're '90s kids. Yeah, definitely. But I wasn't like around in the no. '90s. <laughs> I think that's sort of where it started. Where you started getting the people who were like, literally, I think it's like literally so cool that like mm. literally 
this is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't think you hear that as, as much anymore, but just so you know, the word literal means literal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's kind of what we're getting at, I guess. It does not mean virtual. Say what you mean. And mean what you say. Literally. Advice of the day. Oh, <laughs> spin bars over here. Yeah. Fourth Nose Studios is about to become a rap. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, with that, Isaac, I'd like to go to my favorite section, Fun Facts with Isaac. Mahatma Gandhi never won a Nobel Peace Prize. So I guess he just didn't have the name for it. Oh. <laughs> Not going to lie, that one was kind of a stretch, but I just wanted to say it. So I, It was an interesting fact that I learned recently, and I was like, I want to toss this in somehow. somewhere. And you're like, this is the episode to do it, because yep. you thought of the joke. Yep. Nice. Well, Isaac, I have a philosophical debate slash discussion lined up. Okay. Along the lines of bed frame, no bed frame. <laughs> and along the lines of wet the okay. definition of wet okay i don't know if it'll be of the same magnitude of either of those but mm-hmm. since the dawn of humanity oh my gosh <laughs> we have been trying to organize and classify things mm-hmm. now i believe the world is not black and white first of all only sith deal in absolutes oh my gosh okay second of all you're right wait uh-oh <laughs> you are a brother um second I believe most things cannot be put into a dichotomy. Okay. But perhaps food can be placed into a trichotomy. (laughs) Okay. We are going to discuss what is known as soup salad sandwich theory. Okay. As the name might imply, this suggests that all food can be defined by how soupy it is, how salady it is, Mm -hmm. and how sandwichy it is. Okay. This has a long history. <laughs> so before we start debating some things, potentially, mm-hmm. or just talking about examples, this all started with the sandwich controversy of 2016. And by that, I mean it started in 2011. <laughs> in 2011, a food blog posted an online poll showing that 54% of voters of, of this poll, mm-hmm. not like registered voters... <laughs> People who voted for Barack Obama. <laughs> 54% felt that hot dogs were not sandwiches. Ooh, okay. So first, before we go any farther, what do you think about the hot dog being a sandwich? I'm going to I'm gonna say no, and I'm going to okay. leave it there. Okay, okay. For now. I'm going to say yes, and I will, I'll also leave it there. Okay, now. okay. Um, that answer, my answer might change, honestly. Okay. Um. This debate, uh, as things often do in the internet, was sort of reinvigorated or like rediscovered mm-hmm. in uh, 2016 and memes about hot dogs as sandwiches were at an all-time high. If you Google <laughs> hot dog sandwich and look at like the Google search history, there's a gigantic peak in, <laughs> gigantic peak in 2016. Okay. And it peaked again in 2018. Hmm. And it peaked again in 2020. <laughs> So, ladies and Every gentlemen, two years. I give you 
the hot dog sandwich discussion of 2022. <laughs> this is where it starts. It's going to peak again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Pattern Seeking Brain. Yes, exactly. So, along those lines, some people started deciding that, okay, but aren't all foods either like a sandwich or a salad? Because mm-hmm. they're either organized or disorganized, among other things. Okay. A group went farther saying that all foods, pretty much all foods could be defined as salads, including sandwiches. <laughs> they said, aren't sandwiches just untossed salads <laughs> of varying degrees? Okay. <laughs> Another group decided that all, f- and this is what I want to talk about a little bit, is that all food can be categorized in three dimensions of okay. soupiness, saladiness mm-hmm. and sandwichiness and they've been trying to plot many different foods in this three-dimensional space okay i'd like to turn it into we have to decide foods to be in one of these three categories okay um, so it's like a quiz slash discussion yeah exactly okay. okay i we'll start with ravioli oh my <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't remember. I, I tried to pick a bunch that were all sort of in the center yeah. of the space. Yeah. Ravioli, my first thought is soup. Okay. That's also my first thought. But then I start thinking about what it actually the is. The ravioli itself is a sandwich. Exactly. But like, there's not a ton of sauce. So maybe it's a salad with dressing. Exactly. I was going to say, there's multiple things kind of... Mm-hmm bumping like, around in there soupiness to salad is almost a scale it is it rather is. than two different axes yeah there's so many different ways people have tried to define this debate <laughs> and it's very interesting i we don't have to come to a consensus like it, it's a good. salad it's good soup, i don't want to yeah we'd be here for like hours that's that's all of season three but- <laughs> all right so- <laughs> it's hard reading this list <laughs> steak with toppings that's got to be a salad. I think it's a salad as well. Uh, some were making the argument for a sandwich as like the toppings could be like, it could be an open faced sandwich. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and some were like, if it's like a sloppy steak, I hate that I just used that word, <laughs> but like a very saucy steak. Yeah. Be like it's a soup. Yeah. With steak in it. Um, pizza. That's an interesting one. I'm saying sand. <sighs> Yeah, that's what I think, too. (laughs) I think sandwich. It's on the border of sandwich. See, the thing is, what's the difference between a pizza and a steak with toppings? Exactly. That's that's the mindset you got to be. We're in the valley of despair right now. (laughs) We have no idea. (laughs) Most people are on the peak of Mount Stupid. (laughs) It's not any of these. (laughs) I beg to differ. (laughs) Um, Mashed potatoes. Salad. I'm kind of leaning towards soup. I okay, actually, thick right after I said it, I was like, that's like a super thick liquid. Yeah. A thickwood. Thickwood, if you will. <laughs> I think it's a soup. I think it's soup. Pasta with sauce. So like spaghetti. Yeah. Spaghetti pasta. If you if you use a reasonable amount of sauce, salad. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I think if you use a reasonable amount of sauce, it starts to become soupy. Mm-hmm. See, it's I- almost like thick SpaghettiOs. <laughs> why are you doing this to me <laughs> i feel like you and i have many have had many sort of debates like this i feel like we used to be on the trend of like everything is a sauce to a certain degree. yeah we were 
Or we were like, were our pants just boneless legs? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> Tuna casserole. Gross, first of all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think second, I think it's a salad. I would say salad, but I don't eat it. But I think it can be kind of liquidy. So it might be so. Might be. These these are hard. Uh, a taco, <laughs> a taco sandwich. I, I'm honestly gonna say salad. I can see it. A lot of people say a taco is just an untossed taco salad. <laughs> the funniest <laughs> argument I've seen for it. <laughs> like, okay, a steak's just an untossed steak salad, I guess. Um, Coke on ice, like Coca Cola <laughs> on ice. <laughs> soup okay <laughs> some people I, I agree with soup but some people said like it might be a salad <laughs> the ice is the it depends sal- on how much coke and how much ice yeah the ice is all the salad. ice with the touch of coke the coke is the dressing mm-hmm. is what people are saying yeah <laughs> all right this eventually led to one of the things i want to talk about those are all the examples, but one of the things okay. I want to talk about is what is known as the cube rule. Ooh, ooh, okay, this is why, I think I actually know what you're going to talk about. Okay. This is why I didn't want to say that a hot dog was a sandwich. When you, after you said that, I was like, I wonder if he's, I wonder if he knows about the cube rule. I do. So the cube rule is, imagine a cube mm-hmm. in your head, imagine dragons, imagine <laughs> a cube and the number of sides that are covered <laughs> determines what the food is this is saying that all all dishes can be based on their starch locations mm-hmm. as they say if you have one face of the cube has starch on it mm-hmm. that is toast mm-hmm. you know toast slice of bread yeah yep. okay if you have two faces on opposite sides that's a sandwich mm-hmm. easy. easy if you have three then they must be connected somehow. And yep. therefore, it's a taco. Because mm-hmm. it's like a U-shape almost. Mm-hmm. Four is... Maybe I should quiz you on this. What's Do you know what four is? Four? I can. I feel like I can little... never remember this. I, I want to say like spring roll. Or I feel like it's burrito, but the ends are open. So I'm going to say spring roll. Okay. I, I'll, I would give it to you because it's sushi. Ah, Got it. Starch on all sides, but open on two of the sides. Yeah. Like a tube mm-hmm. is sushi. Uh, what about five sides? Five is a quiche. That is not what they have. Really? But That's what I know it is. Um, this is soup slash salad with a bread bowl. Oh, um, okay. They might call it something. Oh, five is, they call it a quiche. Okay. They, they specified. Okay. Oh, I could have been giving examples. Examples of toast are pizza, <laughs> um, certain types of sushi, okay. and pumpkin pie. Mm. Uh, examples of sandwiches are toast, a sponge cake, and a quesadilla. Those are pretty... Wait, an example of sandwiches toast? Oh, a... Yep. Someone made a toast sandwich. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you questioned because I didn't notice that it was just a piece of toast with two pieces of bread on either side. <laughs> Some examples of tacos are a hot dog. Yeah. A hot dog's a taco, everyone. You heard it here first, maybe. Um, a sub sandwich, uncut, and a slice of pie. Okay. Like regular, like apple pie, mm-hmm. something like. Examples of sushi are an enchilada, 
a falafel mm. and pigs in a blanket. Nice. Examples of quiche, cheesecake, soup in a bread bowl, and a falafel pita. <laughs> okay. All right. And last but not least, what is... Oh, there are more examples of quiche. Deep dish pizza. Mm, okay. Salad in bread bowl and key lime pie. Okay. Do you know what six is? I think six is ravioli. It is not. It is... It is... Or, or is it burrito? Nope. You okay. just named two examples okay. in the category of calzone. Calzone! I knew it. Okay. I think Pop-Tart is in there, too. It sure is. <laughs> Burritos, corn dogs, a whole pie uncut, dumplings, Pop-Tarts, Uncrustables. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a and sandwich. Ravioli. A sandwich calzone. Are calzones. A Pop-Tart's a calzone, baby, and a ravioli is a calzone. <laughs> What's the difference? Exactly. <laughs> Pop-Tart is ravioli. So I think the problem with the, what do you, the cube theory? The cube theory, yeah. Um, is because there are salads. Sorry, okay? cube rule. Okay, cube rule. So there's like salad is like something with starch scattered in it. Because that is like True. croutons. If yep. there's nothing scattered, it's soup. Yeah. And then I think there's a special one for lasagna. Because it's like organized, scattered. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think there was one more outlier. I'm trying to Lasagna remember. is like a mini decked sandwich. Yeah. Oh, and the other one is cake. Oh. It just is. It is. It just it's is. the starch. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. The problem with the cube rule is it has nothing to do with what's inside mm -hmm. said cube. Um, which makes me think uh, the soup salad sandwich space is uh, more accurate. Yeah. I think it's way harder to quantify. <laughs> it, it is. There's also an interesting thing when you get to two sides. What if the sides are adjacent? I don't really oh, know what that. Okay. It would be like a. Yeah, they don't cover that. Mm -hmm. And then also, if if you're on the four sided one and the open sides are adjacent, basically the inverse of the two sided one. Yeah, that's like something weird too. But yeah, I feel like at that point you could just call like the, if the two sides are. Excuse me. If the two sides are touching each other. It would be taco. Maybe, yeah. I think. And then same with that other one. The rivers. Yeah. That, honestly, you could probably just like or maybe it's a look bowl. at it at a funny angle and call it the the um the quiche. I couldn't oh, think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is it's all about perspective. Mm-hmm. And not everything is in cube form. Yep. That's the biggest problem. We need to go back to the simple days of geometry before they invented round things. Yes. Yep. Well, the long story short is a hot dog is a sandwich or it's a taco. Mm-hmm. But either way, I think a lot of people don't realize that. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people just don't care. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I think on top of that, a lot of people don't care. I feel like we could say that about a lot of things we talk about on the show. Probably. You guys haven't thought about this before, because why would you? <laughs> well, that was a very fun uh, it was. journey. I'm, intellectual I'm glad journey. That, that you made me like try to quantify them just on the spur of the moment. Yeah. That was very enjoyable. I was questioning the reality of mashed potatoes for a moment. I was yeah. like, wait, <laughs> what, what is, is, is a liquid? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so next time, every time you eat something, listeners, I want you to try to think about Am I eating a soup, salad, or a sandwich? Mm-hmm. 
and then fight with your family and friends about it. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we have given you um, plenty of things to argue about at your next Thanksgiving, <laughs> thank us that you don't have to argue about politics and sure. um, bring this to the dinner table. There's there's plenty of things to argue about. So, Although a, a fair amount of them were actually mentioned already, such as pumpkin pie, mashed potatoes, bread itself. A couple other types of pie. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it should still be fun. I agree. With that, we are we are rapidly approaching the end of the season. We are. Unfortunately, it is the end of the season. Fortunately, it is our second set of recurring episodes. We are going to have episode eight, season finale, content area quiz battle. Yeah. I'm going to quiz We're Joe excited. on music, and Joe's going to quiz me on physics. Either our quizzes are going to look a little bit different. They're formulated after season one's quizzes, but they're not the same. Yep. It's going to be much different. Yep. I'm very interested to see what our scores are going to be. <laughs> me too. We'll see if Joe can get a perfect 13 out of 12 oh. again. That was so <laughs> stupid. You literally guessed like half the questions. <laughs> yes. That's the power of luck, baby. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. See ya.